Welcome back to the Dental Elements Podcast. On this episode, number 17, our guest today is Rob Yager. Rob is an office manager, a dental assistant, a forever teacher, and a poker player. On today's episode, Rob is going to be teaching us how to embezzle money without getting caught. I was telling April that I've actually known Rob since I was born. Our moms were best friends. I've got to know him forever. And we both happen to be in dentistry. And, and he taught at the same school that you did, April, to the assisting school for a while. I'll let him give you his uh, little spiel or his little background story. Sorry, I'm mobile headed to the kitchen getting more coffee. So oh, sorry see, about the movement of the camera. Typical so, office manager. In, in addition uh, to both being in dentistry, uh, I had the uh, pleasure of teaching Cindy's uh, niece. Uh, who also was a student of mine and is a dental assistant also. So, uh-huh. Cool stuff. But uh, So I, uh, I was a garbage man 30 years ago, and I was uh, driving a Corvette to work, making 15 bucks an hour, thinking I was, uh, you know, the king, king stuff out there. And uh, I heard how much money a hygienist made per hour. And I about fell over. And... Uh, I looked right at my girlfriend at the time, uh, Kathleen, who I ended up marrying and now divorced from, regardless. I looked right at her and I said, hey, do you want to go to hygiene school? And she's like, oh, oh no, that's gross. I wouldn't want to do that. And I'm thinking, well, I already pick up garbage. How much grosser could a human mouth be, not knowing what I know now? And um, so I looked into the hygiene program. And I quickly realized that I wasn't going to be signing up for hygiene school. I had none of the prerequisites. I had no dental background. Uh, I was a little, little bit in a, a fantasy world. Um, but I had a, a best friend who had a wife that was an ortho assistant. And she was making more money than me as an ortho assistant, me being a garbage man. She worked four days a week. Uh, her office took her to Hawaii once a year, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up talking to my friend's wife and she says, well, if you're looking to get into it, why don't you try assisting? So I, uh, I called up Concord on a, on a Thursday afternoon. I called up Concord Career Colleges. I went down for my little walkthrough tour on Friday. I signed up for classes. I started the following Monday. Uh, graduated what, six months later, perfect attendance, 95 averages and started my dental career in January, 1997. And uh, so I've been, I've been cruising through, I've done everything from sterilization uh, all the way up to office manager, uh, short of extracting a tooth and giving an injection. I've, I'm pretty solid on, uh, on dentistry. So there's my background, April. I always say, I love hearing about it when males in the clinic that aren't dentists, assistants and hygienists, cause you guys are like Sasquatch, you're hard to find. Yeah, we are pretty rare for sure. Yeah, and I'll have to say it, I sometimes prefer working with the males, less drama. Yes, we need more males in the dental office for sure. No, I I agree. uh, I'm a very rare person and I found a nice niche and it's been expressed to me also um, in the years, you know, working with, you know, predominantly ladies and women in the office in the field, that it's often a nice change. And, you know, even one time as a temp, I was in an office and there were, there were a whole bunch of assistants, staff members sitting around, boy, and they were just laying into the gal that I was covering for. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, he, he's a dude. He's fine. Don't worry about him. So, you know. Huh. Well, Rob, yeah. I have to comment real quick about 
the artwork behind you. Is that cats playing poker? Uh, dogs, I believe. Oh, dogs. <laughs> okay. No, and, the, and those are those are original. Those, okay. Those, those things are like 40, 50 years old. I I've like got, it. I've got the dogs playing poster. I got dogs playing poker. I got a few of those. So you play poker too, right? You have big yeah, poker absolutely. tournaments. Yeah, I, I love playing poker. I got into the Texas Hold'em when it was real big here a few years mm -hmm. back. Kind of gotten out of it. Uh, play online uh, through my Xbox. Just uh, all play money. and But occasionally I, I made a poker table. I have one, a 10-person poker table uh, in my garage. And occasionally I'll set that up, have my adult sons and buddies and friends over, and we'll play a little you know, $20 buy-in game. So you're a gambling man. No, no, no. I, I play poker. I don't gamble. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there, there's a difference. Well, that reminds me. So Cindy was telling me, segue into that, your story, speaking of gambling, not, not, not you gambling, but Cindy, what were you saying about Rob? Oh, so Rob's going to teach us how to embezzle money mm -hmm. without getting caught. <laughs> yeah. Twist. No, there is no way to embezzle money without getting caught. <laughs> so anyway, um, embezzlement, fun stuff. Holy cow. So I was uh, an office manager for a Dr. Swanberg in Portland, Oregon. And uh, after about a year, he decided to retire. He sold his practice to Dr. Valentine. Uh, Dr. Valentine decided I was basically what it came down to. I was the wrong gender. He was looking for a trophy model to sit at his front desk. And uh, he fired me. I sat on unemployment for about nine months. And I, I was looking for an office manager position, but I really couldn't find one. And so my unemployment was running out. I decided, well, I'll just take a clinical position again. And sure enough, I found a hygiene assistant position at Dr. Crother's office, where I am still currently. Um, and it was uh, four days a week, and it was right across the street from my previous office manager job. Uh, three miles from home, seven-minute drive. I come home for lunch every day. So I, I got hired by this um, gal named Ray, Ray Nell. And um, again, it was a clinical position, showing up in scrubs. We didn't even have a hygienist. My doctor was scaling the teeth, and I would go in and polish, floss, give OHI, and I would set up their, their recall appointment. And uh, what I discovered, though, is that office was using – paper timesheets, just literally a Word document that Ray had printed up. She pinned on the lunchroom wall and everybody just wrote their time in and time out on that paper timesheet. And that payroll was done internally at the office. It wasn't done through an outside payroll company. So those were the first kind of two weird things that I noticed. And um, over time, I eventually started to notice that the hours written on the timesheet were being forged or were, were way outside normal. Our office opened at 6.30, but there were recorded start times of four in the morning. Um, and it, as a clinical person, not in a management role, I just paid attention. I observed it, kind of made mental notes of that stuff. And... Um, I also made note that this this young lady who hired me was in her in her mid to late twenties, twenty seven. Had only been a dental assistant for a couple of years. Really didn't have any prior management experience. 
Um, I quickly figured out that I was working for someone who was less qualified to do that job than I was. Um, on occasion, she would close the office door and her mom would be in there with her. And her mom was supposedly a bookkeeper who was helping her figure stuff out. I'm not sure. Um, after um, about a year or, or so of working in a clinical position, we started to notice things in the office like uh, our phones were shut off one day. There's no phone service. So we looked into it and we, Ray quickly paid the phone bill and got the phones turned back on. Uh, so we, we started finding things like that, that were, um, you know, little tiny yellow kind of flags of what was going on. And uh, it came down to, it was um, probably November of 2013. I'd been in a clinical position about a year and a half and Ray kind of announced or put a notice that she was leaving the office. She had to take another position at another office. And um, she knew I had prior office manager experience. And she basically asked me, she says, hey, would you be interested in my position? And my off the cuff answer was no, because um, I just felt there were some things going on there that um, were not necessarily uh, as professional as could be. And uh, anyway, they, I found out what the wage was, uh, what the uh, responsibilities, duties in, entailed. And I told the doctor I'd sleep on it for a night. And uh, so the next morning, it was like a Wednesday. I, she put in a notice on Monday. I got offered the position on Tuesday. And Wednesday morning, I walked in and I told the doctor I accept it. I'll take the position. And I was told I'd get two weeks um, of training that she put in a two-week notice. And so that weekend, I, Ray called me on Sunday and says, hey, I need you to come down to the office and do some training. I'm going to have to start my new job on Monday. And so I ended up going down. And really, the only thing I didn't know how to do that she did was um, the weekly and monthly production graphs on Excel. I'm, I wasn't ex familiar with Excel. So she spent about two and a half hours showing me how to input data into Excel and how to generate the weekly and monthly production graphs. And uh, essentially she quit. So I walked in on Monday. It was uh, November 11th. It was uh, Veterans Day. It was my first day as an office manager. I walked in, shirt and tie on, and uh, walked into the office and within about five minutes of being on, on duty, clocked in, I found a pay stub of Raynell's behind some other stuff. And I opened up the pay stub and the hourly rate was $3 more an hour than I was told the position paid. So I immediately grabbed the pay stub and I walked back to the doctor's office. I'm like, hey, buddy. Uh, you know, you, you told me it paid X amount of dollars. Uh, she was getting paid, you know, looks like, you know, 27. And uh, he's like, oh, no, no, no. Position pays 24. I said, well, here's your pay stub. And he looked at it. And he's first thing he says, he says, pull the payroll records. I've been on the job five minutes. Wow. And he's like, pull the payroll records. So I'm going through the file, I'm grabbing payroll records. And then he says, well, pull the timesheets. 
So then I started pulling timesheets. And we just, like I said, within, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. Oh, my gosh. But within 15 minutes, we figured out that she was being uh, less than professional with the timesheets and the payroll. So I started going through the records that day and moving forward. And like one year, I think in 2011, she paid herself $53,000 in overtime. 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 We work four days a week, nine hours a day. Nobody should get more than 36 hours. And if they do get more than 36, you got a four hour cushion up to 40. So literally, unless it's the week of the dental convention, or, you know, we came in on a Friday for some kind of CE, nobody should have been getting overtime in this office. And so all the payroll records, that's when all those timesheets that I had noticed started coming into play. She was forging her hours and she also was forging, uh, we discovered the receptionist was involved and her hours were being forged. Well, as we were, we ended up hiring a bookkeeper and the bookkeeper went through two different bank accounts for two and a half years. This gal was the manager. And I got to go through patient accounts, accounts receivable. I got to go through all the insurance claim aging reports. Um, we, I discovered that we had people inactivated that still owed us money. Uh, guarantors on accounts that I had to reactivate and contact people. Um, my first claim aging report the over 90 days um, outstanding was over $50,000 in outstanding insurance money. Um, not only was she stealing, she wasn't doing her job. Um, she was committing insurance fraud. We had a patient, a dental patient was in an auto accident and she was adding treatment to the treatment plan, submitting to the auto insurance. And she was in the middle of doing that when she quit. And I discovered that and I got that, cleaned up we ended up getting paid for the treatment that we did um my doctor made a comment he says well i didn't even think i had cash patients uh, we had patients come in and pay cash she would basically print a walkout statement showing a zero balance showing the cash payment so the patient had a uh, receipt and then she'd just go in and delete the transaction and nobody was checking the delete records and uh, she'd pocket the money and walk out of there with the five hundred dollars uh, the doctor had a medical, we didn't have insurance. We still don't have insurance, um, but we had a medical reimbursement program. So basically if you went out and paid for an appointment, if you brought in your receipt, he would reimburse you for the cost of the appointment. Well, she was just bringing in the statement. She wouldn't even go pay for the appointment. She would bring in the statement. She would reimburse herself and technically pay for the appointment. Then she would make a copy of the receipt, reimburse herself for what the doctor paid and then on a several occasions, she made additional copies of the same receipt and reimbursed herself multiple times wow. for the same office visit, the same uh, bill. Um, so she was stealing cash, committing insurance fraud. <clears throat> she was literally writing herself checks out of his account. She had a signature stamp. And we found multiple checks just written to her um, that she signed with his signature stamp and went and cashed, deposited. Uh, basically, if, if you name a way somebody could steal money from a dentist, she did it. Um, and so I spent the next two years working with that bookkeeper 
cleaning it up, going through all the accounts, getting everything lined back up. Um, it was pretty crazy stuff. She almost, she almost cost him his business. I was about a week. I think I was at the end of that first week and I got a call from the Multnomah County Sheriff. And, um, he says, Hey, you know, so-and-so we're, we're calling up. We're giving you a, uh, a 12 hour courtesy notice or a 24 hour courtesy notice. I'm like, great. Thank you. Uh, what for? He says, Oh, um, we're coming tomorrow morning at 7 AM to repossess the suite. And I'm like, excuse me. He says, yeah, you're six months behind on your mortgage payments. We're coming to lock you out of your business. We're repossessing your business. The bank is taking your business from your doctor. I about fell over. I couldn't believe it. And he says, so we're giving you a notice so you can take your pictures off the wall. You can take your personal effects, take your coach, your coffee cups. So you can take all that home because you're getting locked out tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And I'm like, uh, do you, can I call the bank? He's like, yeah, you've got till tomorrow at seven. So I immediately called the bank, which was in Florida. And I said, hey, uh, my name's Rob. I'm the new office manager. The last gal was embezzling. Um, can you please, please, please stop the repossession? And the gal's like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. We'll stop it for you. I'm like, oh, thank you. So we got, I got the repossession stopped. Uh, my doctor ended up having to... Um, do a new uh, a do a new loan uh, because he was so far behind. He actually got a little better interest rate. Uh, we had a little positive come out of that, but he he was he was literally um, twenty four hours away from losing his practice um, because of what she did and had no clue. No and clue. It's so common. It's what mm-hmm. I hear too. Yeah. None. And that's that's amazing to me. Is he had no? There was no backup. She literally did everything. Um, and now we've we've changed that system. Uh, you know, we now have an outside company doing payroll. He is now accounts payable. She did. She was accounts payable. She, um, did, yeah. she paid all the bills, or you know, she didn't. Um, so I'm not allowed to spend money. We cut up the signature stamp. I mean, I haven't got chewed out for ordering the labor law posters. I spent I don't know seventy bucks on labor law posters and. But don't spend my money. Yo, give me my Visa card number back. Oh, well, you don't. Yeah, I don't blame him. That's so, anyway, uh, but. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a mess. And, uh, she almost, she almost took him down and, um, uh, we ended up going to court. We, uh, we, uh, turned her in to the uh, district attorney. We had uh, charges filed against her and, um, she was found guilty of, I don't even remember the actual, it wasn't embezzlement. It was some other legal theft term that she was found guilty of. And she was going to be sentenced to, um, five years in federal penitentiary she was headed to uh eastern oregon there's a federal pen over there on the border with idaho and we went down on we went me and the doctor we went down to the courthouse on sentencing day and unbeknownst to us her parents who were retired in florida or excuse me mexico came up from Mexico because they were going to have to take her kid. She was literally going to be handcuffed in court and she was going to be walked out of court and go to jail. And she had a new like one-year-old baby and her parents were going to have to like raise her baby. So they came up here and they asked the district attorney 
if they could pay the amount of the retribution that she was found guilty of stealing. And um, we had, we, as me and the bookkeeper, when uh, we went through everything, we added up about $125,000 worth of theft um, between steal, just outright stealing cash that we had no receipt for, um, down to insurance fraud, payroll fraud. Um, we added up $125,000. We had solid proof on $82,000. We could document and prove she stole. So the parents offered to write the doctor a check for $82,000. If he would allow the judge to consider that when he sentenced Raynell for the crime. So the doctor and I actually walked out in the hall because she was ready to go to jail. We didn't have to accept it. In fact, the DA said this is a super rare thing to even offer this to somebody at sentencing. Um, so the doctor chewed on it and he's like, you know, I really want my money back. And so he agreed and the parents wrote the court a check for 80 some thousand dollars. The court turned around and issued a um, cashier's check to my dentist at the courthouse for that amount. Uh, the DA informed the judge that the parents paid the restitution and instead of five years in federal, she got six months in county and she ended up getting out after uh, five months for time served and good behavior. So she ended up doing some time. My doctor got a good chunk of his money back. Um, we now have some new programs in place to prevent that fraud from ever happening again. And uh, it was a um, quite an experience to be able to put that on a resume that, Hey, I've been through an embezzlement deal. Uh, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's where we're at. So, so you're kind of magic. You, it was just like timing the, the timing of you to come in there. It could have been somebody else and to find those things and to get the practice from being confiscated, you know, with that much time, it was, and then to get the money back. It's amazing. We'll call you magic Rob. I, well, you know, I, I I've talked to the doctor about it and, um, you know, like I said, some, you know, sometimes the karma thing, you know, things happen for reasons or whatever. And I don't know if it was karma or just the right place at the right time. Um, but it's turned out to be my dream job. You know, I'm now, uh, running a small private dental office. I'm getting paid a very premium wage. At least I consider it for, for my responsibilities and what I do. You're not picking um, up trash anymore. I'm not picking up garbage. Uh, four days a week, three day weekends. Um, you know, I, sure, I don't. You know, I don't have medical insurance, which is a, a a deal for me. But you know, I get like I said. There's a, all jobs have uh, positives and negatives, and right. and I just have to weigh the the benefits outweigh that at this time. And um, but no, my we're we're solid. We um, you know, my uh, like I said, my doctor's uh, paying the bills. We're caught up on stuff. We actually hit our production bonus for the first time in a few years, two months in a row, um, August and September. Uh, he put out some nice cash bonuses for the staff. Not, so I've, I've really, it's really turned out to be a dream job for me. My aging report, I've got I think $2,000 outstanding in all claims over 30 days. Yeah, I've been um, into your office. You keep a pretty tight ship. Definitely, definitely. So I'm looked at, my books are looked at, uh, the bookkeeper, uh, checks my deposit reports on a regular basis. 
she comes in and checks the doctor's books. Uh, so we've got some redundant backup systems in place. You know, the, res the money responsibility, I think that was big, it was making the doctor aware. I think, as you said, too many dentists um, just allow staff to run their money. Yeah. Uh, I remember going to a bank cashing a check one time and the cashier put the change in my hand and I, I shuffled the change around and I counted it. And her comment was to me, she says, wow, in all my years of being a teller, I've never had, I've never seen anybody count their change. And my comment was, it's, it, to her was, it's my money. If I don't pay attention to it, who's going to? Right. And even though it's, it's less than a dollar and change in your hand, mm -hmm. a little bit plus a little bit plus a little bit adds up to be a lot. And, um, you know, having, having somebody, you know, like I said, stealing a little bit from you at a time, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a trickle effect and you may not notice until your phones get shut off or, uh, the sheriff comes, locks you out of your suite. You know, I've got, I admittedly, I've got, I've got some CDO issues and everybody goes, Oh, what's CDO? And I said, well, it's OCD, but I like to have my letters in alphabetical order. Oh, I love it. And, um, you know, I, I, um, I take great pride in doing what I do. Um, there's a term that I, I use that I don't think is used enough to describe people's value in whatever role they have in a business. And that's integrity. And I define integrity as doing the right thing when nobody's looking. And, you know, I've had experiences in this office where I've closed out my books on, on at the end of the day, I've sent the doctor to the bank with the deposit bag and the deposit. And I've had a patient show up with a cash payment and I could have easily took that money, gave him a receipt, deleted the transaction and walked out of there with that cash. Yeah. But I have integrity and I made sure a new ticket got written up and he deposited that money tomorrow. Um, because I, listen, my job's too valuable. I, it's, it's everything to me. Do you know sure. why, did you ever find out or hear why the lady was embezzling so much? Like she had a little bit of a drug problem. Um, I think her and the receptionist were, um, dealing, uh, the, I don't know if it were the oxy pills or the Adderall. Um, but they were, I think the money was going to drugs. Oh, there were times this office manager, Ray, would sleep under the desk in her office. Um, she would just pull the door, turn the light off, and sleep under the desk on the clock. Um, wow, that's stealing too. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Uh, so that's what I believe what the issue was. Um, I also discovered when I got into the emails, I, I think she was just uh, a shopaholic. She was doing, you know, you joked about, you know, staying up all night buying shoes. I think she was uh, spending lots of money buying clothing items. My my inbox had just tons of emails from all kinds of, you know, clothing companies and stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, I had to unsubscribe to and delete or whatever. So I think it was a drug problem that initiated it. And, you know, once you start, I think, getting a taste of easy money and the doctor's not paying attention, uh, if nobody's nobody's looking, you right. know, if nobody's looking, it makes it easy to keep doing it. And I said, my doctor, I, I, I remember this comment. He's like, yeah, I just, I just thought I didn't have cash paying patients. Wow. And it's like, no, you got cash paying patients. It just, 
they just never made it to the the red bag. Right. Her excuse was that she says, "I because I something was said in court, or her defense was is the doctor was stealing the cash after she did the deposit ticket. He would steal his own cash off the deposit ticket between leaving the office and getting to the bank." Oh, geez. I'm like, well, that's not even that's not even viable because it's recorded on the deposit ticket. I mean, and if it was true, he wouldn't go as far as taking her to court because he would know that. She, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah why is he gonna steal his own money? I mean, yeah. it's his money. Yeah, you know, just yeah. If he was working in the court, yeah, totally. And so they say that the same person that opens the mail and posts it shouldn't it be the one that goes to the bank. Like, I know there's one person like you, so you pretty much have to open the mail and post it. Um, but then you always have the doctor take the deposit to the bank. Like you don't take the deposit or? No, that's a, it's, um, you know, that's pretty much been our office policy. Um, I am the one, I've been the accounts receivable since uh, um, I took over. That's one thing we did is we, we didn't allow anybody else to take money. That we, we, uh, um, we only had one Visa machine. It was in my office. If the receptionist needed to use it and help me out, she literally had to sneak behind me to use the Visa machine. Um, but yeah, I'm the one who posts all the checks and it has been the habit of the doctor to do the deposit. There are rare occasions, like he's, he had a webinar, a couple of webinars last week where he asked me to go do it. Um, and I've, I've, I don't have a problem. Right. Um, I've never looked at that as, um, something that you should be, a pay attention to, but discussing it right now, it's like, oh yeah, that should be a, one of those uh, checks and balances yeah. where, you know, somebody different is uh, doing the deposit and, uh, Who's opening the mail. And then, yeah, in your case, it's a little bit different because, I mean, you've worked through all that and obviously he could trust you. But then like doing an audit trial, but then seeing those things, like if things are written off or deleted and having the doctor look through those things and look through the production report and the deposits. I know Absolutely. it's for him at the end of the night. You know, well, and that's, the and, and that's something he had to, the, the doctor, you got to make a choice. You, you're either going to pay attention or you're going to get stolen from. And if you don't have a solid person with integrity, who's honest, who you can trust, um, you know, you're setting yourself up to, for embezzlement. And uh, yeah, you're right. There, no, there's not a dentist out there who wants to do their books. They all want to have their hands in the mouth. They all want to, you know, be doing dentistry. Right. And they, they hire people to do that stuff. And, you know, I, I, you and I have been in the field long enough to know that uh, dentistry is one of the top um, companies to be embezzled from. And part of it is, is because most of it is small offices where one person's put in charge of opening the mail, doing the deposit. And like you said, if, if nobody's checking the audit reports, if you don't have any redundant backup system, um, like I said, there's, there's, you're, you're just got the door wide open. Um, so it's a, it's a situation that uh, unfortunately too many dentists uh, have themselves, have themselves set up for if not already occurring. Right. And then I liked how you said the yellow flags too, when you said the time card, instead of waiting for a red flag, seeing those little, the yellow flags, little things that seem a little bit off, but maybe look into them a little, you know, look into them a little bit more, dig a little deeper to see. Well, and it's, if you're, if you're not paying attention or you've never been bit, you know, if you, if you've never been bit by a stray dog, you're still going to have that generally that non-fear of walking up to stray dogs until one bites you. And, um, in, you know, he's been practicing since 1980, I think. He, so he's at the end of his career. And, um, 
so it's possible he had previous office managers steal from him and he just didn't know it um, until the circumstances uh, of this particular one came up and, and bit him. Mm-hmm. And so now he's, um, like I said, he's been bit and he's paying attention. And unfortunately, um, it takes a lot of them to, to go through that. You know, when somebody, like I said, somebody steals from you, you your, your hard-earned money, that, that's a, you know, an awareness. It, it'll, it'll wake you right up to pay attention for sure. And then one other thing that I'll let April ask you questions. Oh, the email. You're saying you're getting a lot of emails from the clothing stores. And just with the, the HIPAA compliance, having personal emails coming to, to her, you know, to the business, then you're setting up the, you know, security issues too with the, with the computer. So uh, even if you take away the criminal aspect, she was, she was in over her head. She should have never been put in that position. Mm-hmm. And he was lazy. She did her externship there. She got hired on as an assistant. And it was, it was just horribly convenient for her to slide into that position. I mean, granted, I say that, and the same exact same happened to me. Right, that yeah, I was, not all bad. You know, yeah. um, so it's not necessarily the circumstances, but, um, you know, unlike myself who had experience as a manager, I, you know, I taught dentistry. I've owned a couple businesses. Um, she didn't have that background. Yeah. And I think, and like I said, he was lazy. He didn't want to place an ad. He didn't want to interview. He didn't want to do some other things that dentists yeah. don't like doing. The business the, side, yes. The business side to get a competent person in there. And thus he took the, the, the shortcut, put an assistant in there, and um, he paid for it for sure. And he wasn't paying attention to yellow flags at all. So April had some questions. Are you still there, April? I, I am. I was I was all in, engrossed in his story. I, was, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about speaking about it? I know embezzlement, it, when you had mentioned, it's one of the top industries that embezzlement occurs because it's just so easy to do. Um, have you thought about speaking about it with other people who have caught the, the perpetrator? Because I had another friend who was in, she's been an office manager for a long, long time in dentistry, and she did the same thing at an office we were working at. Stuff just, stuff just didn't make sense. And then, of course, the paper, they left a paper trail and the woman ended up, who's embezzling, was, you know, threatening she's going to kill herself, blah, blah, blah. And like, well, um, you know, this is uh, other than just, you know, where my doctors bumped into a, a former uh, co-student of his at the convention. And he's like, yeah, this is my business manager. And I got embezzled. And, um, I, you know, other than just kind of personal one-on-one stories with folks, um, I've never really chatted about it. This is really the first time. In this format where I've talked about it in a way where it's can go public or make other people aware. Um, so my short answer is no, I've never really thought about talking about it. Um, I'm very confident in public speaking. I stood in front of classrooms of students for five and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, giving lectures on dentistry and, you know, I would have no problem talking about it, but not something I've ever really thought about. Sounds like a business opportunity. That's what I told them before too. I'm like, you should speak on this because you got that great voice too, loud voice and, and a good story. I, I, I've, yeah, I've, I've been told that I, I you know, I can uh, hold attention for a conversation. And, um, you know, back in high school, I'm tone deaf, but uh, they always wanted me in the choir because they could hear me in the back row of the, of the audience. So if there were somebody out there who wanted advice or, or something like that, um, I, I would absolutely share my story and, and let people know. 
hopefully this podcast goes out and people look at this or, or they listen to this and you know they they get some information from it or they uh, maybe pay attention to something they didn't pay attention to before i told my students you got paychecks being an instructor that didn't go in your wallet and uh going to graduations having students bring their entire family up to meet you and um you know i've got i've got former students i got the the relief suction have you heard of that april yes i have the i have one of my former students invented that he's the creator oh. of that suction device oh, really? yeah. he's in vancouver right yeah ari yeah yeah, yeah he, he was cool. a, he was a dental <laughs> assisting student in my class oh. and i helped motivate he's like yeah dude i want to be a dentist and I, me and Ari had some great conversations about, listen, man, this dental assisting foundation will give you the opportunity for tons of things to do. And now he's a business owner who created the relief suction. Yeah. Look at um, it now. <laughs> yeah. We, in fact, we just ordered one for our hygienist. I love yeah. hearing those stories about assistance, you know, cause close your ears, Cindy. <laughs> Seems like we're, we're always kind of like the last staff member to get, more educational, more opportunities. Would you agree with me? For uh, sure. You know, I, I worked in an office um, for two and a half years. I had uh, 13 coworker assistants in the back, 12 receptionists in the front in two and a half years. That was the turnover at this office. And it was all due to the office manager. Mm -hmm. And I remember one, one staff meeting, uh, this will never go away, is as the manager, she came in and she announced to all of us assistants, there was like four of us. She says, you dental assistants are nothing but an expense. And I thought, wow, how morally defeating that one sentence was to staff. To how do you get people to work for you and put forth a great effort? when you look at them and you tell them you're nothing but an expense to this office. And so you're right. The dental assistant is kind of, it's, it's the unsung hero of the office because our dental, our assistant will take time off. She's the only, she's a solo assistant. My doctor reschedules his patients yes. or we close the practice. We don't bring in a temp because we can't find anybody that does as good a job as our assistant. And yeah, and, and so, no, and I'm a, de I'm a dental assistant, but I guarantee you I'll, I'll hold the conversation with any dentist out there. I write letters to dental consultants at insurance companies that get paid all the time. Um, and so having, having somebody who has that understanding of, of, of cleaning the room all the way to knowing the different types of injections, the nerves that are affected, uh, who can write letters to insurance who understands claims. I, no, I, I consider myself a very unique position uh, in dentistry that you have, you have managers who only come from business management who have, don't, don't have any dental background or you have, you know, dental people in the role, but they don't have any management or business background. And it's tough to find that person who understands kind of everything. And, and, you know, I can go clean a room. I can go assist my doctor. I can write a letter to the insurance company. I can post a check. I can answer the phone. I can do everything in my office required of me as the manager. And, um, you know, it's, it's um, like I said, it's a, it's a very challenging position and very rewarding all at the same time. That's great to hear. You're, you said you're in your dream job. You don't hear that too often. So that's, get, that's pretty 
that's great to hear that. I'm I'm very happy with what I have. It's still called work. I still got to get up at you know four fifty in the morning to be to work at six thirty. If I could be retired, I would choose retirement for sure. <laughs> so. Well, I appreciate your insight, especially uh, being a DA, fellow DA, and also fellow Concord, former Damn, Concord. Damn, okay, you guys, just, you guys just stop right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, now so. you're making me feel like an outcast again. <laughs> no. No, I'm, go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. No, I think, yeah, you guys are right. Assistant's a great career, and dentists, if they weren't so great, why would, you know, most dentists need two of the, you yeah. know, themselves, and they don't want to share them with anybody, and and they do. They're like their their right arm and their left arm. And it is. It's a chance. You know, we. Um, I'm in, a, like I said, a small office. There's one person in each role. I've got one dentist, one hygienist, one assistant, one receptionist, and one office manager. Every every single person in our office has to be, if not the best, very very good at what they do. Uh, we you know we don't have. I've, I I go on websites and I I see offices where. They have, they have four front office people. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Four, what does the manager do with four front office people? Uh, I w- you know, I wouldn't even know what to do if I had that many people uh, to handle all the responsibilities that uh, the receptionists and I handle at my office. Um, and so, you know, it's, um, it's a challenge. And, you know, my receptionist uh, doesn't have dental experience. She wasn't a dental assistant. So she'll get an email with x-rays, and she didn't know how to properly label an x-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so we, we've gotten to, I've gotten to still do some teaching. I still get to teach uh, yeah. this young lady about dentistry and, you know, we get x-rays and, um, you know, or she doesn't understand why we're doing something or, uh, under, you know, a patient calls up to schedule. And if you don't understand the procedures on scheduling that appointment, you're going to have, you know, struggle scheduling properly and correctly. And so I'm still getting to do some teaching. Um, but yeah, our, our, the assistant that we have is a Concord graduate. I'm a Concord graduate. Um, I believe in that program. I've had issues with them, I'm, you know, back when they let me go. But, you know, that, that's another podcast for sure. Yeah. So. Okay. We'll have to talk about that um, off, uh, offline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I'll quit. I'll quit recording. I promise. Go ahead. Tell us. Give us the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> no. We want the good stuff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So you're still a teacher. Once a teacher, always a, always a teacher and experience too. You have so much to share. You know, thank you for saying that. That, um, that That's the ultimate compliment because, um, you know, I've, I've met people who know a lot and understand a lot, but the ability to be able to teach somebody else um, is an incredible challenge. You know, as I, as I had to learn at Concord, you know, there's basically three learning styles. And if you don't, figure out which learning style each student uses, um, it, it can be tough uh, figuring out how to teach them. Uh-oh, so Cindy's out of here. So you got a goddamn baby in your arms? Oh, this is my kitty. I got a kitten. Hold on. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm a cat guy, so show me your oh. cat. Well, I got a kitten for my dog. Kitten so, for your dog? my dog was driving me crazy trying, because I'm trying to work. You got to see this kitten. Hold it up. I got oh. him a kitten. So now I got to take care of a kitten and a dog. So oh, look at that kitty. Oh. Isn't he cute? Oh, so cute. His name's Mur- I, I got a, we got a gr- I've got a grown-up fat version of that one. Oh, you named do? Baby here, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm getting him grown up so he can play with my, my dog. There you go. So there I don't have go. two dogs, but. <laughs> awesome. But, so. Yeah, so we're, cut- we're cuddling. Well, so that's really my story is, uh, you know, went from 
being a garbage man, hearing how much money a hygienist made. Uh, it took me 30, you know, 20 some years, but I had one of my goals uh, when I went to dental assisting school is I wanted to make 30 bucks an hour. I wanted to be able to tell somebody I made that wage and uh, I got there. I made it. I'm above it. Um, yeah. You know, does, does the 30 bucks an hour uh, carry the same weight it did 20 some years ago? No, it doesn't. Um, but when minimum wage is still 750 an hour um, and there's people struggling out there, uh, yeah. you know, I, I can afford to live like. by myself, you know? Yeah, and being in That's a job what, that you like, that you are appreciated yes. and that you're still learning and sharing and you didn't have to pay for hygiene school. You don't have that huge debt hanging over you. And you sure. work two days a week because, you know, your body's so sore. I think assisting is awesome. And I think more people should go to assisting school. And we, sh you know, I would say work to the top of our license. There's so much, many things that assistants can do that we're not having them do. Not, I mean, pay them for it too, pay them more. Um, and no, I agree. Doctors, it's like we all need to rise above. And you know, everybody gets an educator. If you go to Concord, you know, I, I, I don't know, I paid whatever I paid whatever years ago. You know, everybody gets the same basic foundation. And as I taught my students, what you do with it is your choice. Everybody's going to learn mesial from distal, number one from number 32, what opposing from adjacent, whatever. Everybody's going to learn the same thing. There are going to be some students who go to Concord, um, graduate, have that debt, and then they go back to working fast food. There are going to be some students who go on to hygiene. There are going to be some students who go on to own a business. Others, I had a couple of dental assisting students. Uh, who were dentists in other countries, but they couldn't get a dental license yes. and they were going to assisting school, uh, yeah. you know, it, yeah. so crazy stuff. But, um, and, and no, they was hygiene um, or any other career that what you do with your personal development and how you, where you take it from there is what's important, continuing your own education and growth and you take a responsibility for yourself, right? And your, your growth. And Absolutely. Every, everybody has hurdles against them. Everybody has, you know, life is not easy for anybody. Right. And, um, you know, you, you have choices. You, you can either figure out that uh, this is the path I want to be on or this is the path I, I don't want to be on. And you can either sit around and cry about it or you can go out and sign up for a, a, a school and do something different. You know, life is about education. As long as you're alive, you should be educating yourself about something, you know, even if it's the current political situation we're not going to go there now <laughs> no 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 that's another podcast wow. well thank you rob for um joining us today it was so great hearing your story and i'm sure people are going to learn from this and you could be saving you know a lot of people some headaches thank you so much for being on not a problem thank you thank you for the invite thank you for having me and thank you for taking the time uh to put up with me and, and hear my story appreciate you, for you cindy for sure crawling out of bed for us this morning so. <laughs>